winter is where we feel life is a bind. Mm. You know, it's like we're walking through this mud trying to get through life. Mm. And uh, you'll find stress levels are high uh, in winter. And, and if you ask people, they say, I'm really not enjoying life. And, uh, and so what they will do is they'll escape into other avenues, mm. either into sport or into work, uh, into hobbies. Mm. Uh, they, they begin to escape into those things because the relationship is just not life. Mm. And, uh, and rather than address that, they escape into these other things. Mm. And so you, that's where you find this detachment. Mm. People become detached. What you heard there was a little snippet of our guest on Focus on the Family, talking about how our marriage goes through seasons. And in the winter season, it becomes very difficult to see the bright side of life. Graham, we've been married for almost 15 years, and we felt our own marriage pass through seasons of pure delight and joy to cold and undesirable winters. I think that we've been fortunate enough to find out what it takes to move from winter to spring and summer. But it is a daily commitment, and it takes work. (laughs) It does, and we've certainly had our ups and downs. But I think that we've learned along the way that if we don't make an effort to avoid the mundane yeah. or the winter, as Brad Sadler would put it, we find ourselves wondering why our relationship doesn't feel like much fun anymore. Well, that is why I'm so excited to hear the conversation that you had with Brad Sadler a while ago about seasons of marriage. Brad is always an entertaining guest on the show. And what he has to say today is definitely going to give our listeners plenty to go away and think about. Let's go now to that interview. Well, today on Focus on the Family, I welcome longtime friend of Focus Ministry, Brad Sadler, to the studio. Brad has spoken to married couples and parents around the country with Focus on the Family. He is a husband and a father, as well as a local church pastor, and it's always good to hear Brad's wisdom and his love for the Lord coming through when he speaks. So welcome back to Focus Studio, Brad. It's really great to have you with us. Graham, thank you. It's good to be back in the Focus Studio and talking about something that's really close to my heart, about marriage yeah, and how we can improve that uh, that relationship that, uh, that I do believe brings life to your husband and a wife. Yeah. Well, Brad, maybe that's a good place to start uh, when you say it's something that's close to your heart. Uh, We know that you have a passion for marriage and for family, and that's why we've connected so well uh, over the years. Uh, Just talk about that passion and where it comes from, particularly with regards to marriage. Well, Graham, uh, people that have heard my testimony will know that uh, I spent 14 months in prison, and I was arrested at quite a, a crucial time in our relationship. Young children, we still had only been married for a few years. And, uh, and I just saw the importance of staying together. Uh, I see where my wife and I are today in our relationship. We've got a really great marriage. We have such a good friendship. But it came through some really tough times. And, uh, and I saw how marriages literally shattered apart when one of the spouses went into prison. And this is my heart for couples, uh, is that no matter what you are going through or what you do go through, uh, at some stage of your of your married life, it's not the end, hmm. and we are living testimony to that. Hmm. And that's why I have this heart for marriage. Awesome. Uh, marriage means we together. We go through the tough times and the good times together. Hmm. Well, you use the word times, and and the content of of this broadcast is marriage for all seasons. Uh, and you talk about tough times and good times. Uh, what are the seasons of marriage? 
So we go, we've got winter, spring, summer, autumn, mm. and we speak about um, that analogy in marriage. We have those seasons in marriage. And so in a winter, you'll find there's discouragement, there's detachment, there's dissatisfaction with the relationship. Uh, what you can also find in autumn, there's uncertainty and negligence, some kind of apprehension about the relationship. Mm. But then you, you have spring where there's this openness and hope that things can and will change. And then you've got summer. That's the best place to be. <laughs> That's where we're comfortable, relaxed, and we're enjoying life together. Uh, what is wonderful is that the seasons and nature follow each other. So if there's a summer, there's definitely going to be a winter. Yeah. But that's not the same in marriage. And uh, I think the secret is for us to identify the season that we're in mm. and how do we move out of the, the winter and the autumn into the spring and the summer. Yeah. And there are ways to do it. There are ways that actually work. And this is now not connected to um, a, a sequence of of age in marriage. We're not talking about the young honeymoon phase that might be a summer and then moving into busyness of kids. Uh, those are different kinds of seasons. We're talking about seasons in marriage that uh, that actually reoccur throughout marriage. And we're talking about hopefully sustaining the summer seasons. Am I right? That's quite right. Yeah, we're not talking about a young married, being married for a few years with children, married with teenagers, and then married with no children because yeah. they've left home. No, and we're not. We're talking about seasons that occur at any stage sure. of that marriage relationship. Whether you've been married one year or 50 years, as these seasons do occur, uh, what we have found in speaking to couples is that we all go through these seasons, but we don't want to camp in winter. Mm. We want to camp in summer. Yeah. And uh, and you do find that sometimes you speak to a husband and a wife, they both got a different opinion to where their marriage is. <laughs> and, and what is no communication? And when they start communicating, the husband and wife go, I didn't know. I didn't know we were there. Or, you know, we thought it was all great and rosy. Meantime, mm. there's, there's, some, there's some undercurrents. And, uh, and that's what we want to get to. We want to identify where we are. And it's not a thing to fear. It's a thing to rejoice in. Where are we? How can we move to the spring and to the summer? Hmm. Well, you mentioned some brief, um, you gave some descriptive words for, for all of the seasons. But maybe let's start on, on winter because I imagine the listeners listening and are thinking, I feel like I may be in, in the winter. Yeah. Uh, let's hope it's not the majority. But uh, talk a little bit more about winter and, and what a, a, a couple might be experiencing in that season. Yeah, I think those words I used initially are, are main, the main identifiers. And one of it is dissatisfaction and detachment. Mm. It's when you're feeling like we're almost like these ships that cross over in the night. We're just getting on with life. You know, mm. there isn't really a deep relationship. And uh, and sometimes busyness at work can do that. Busyness with family. When you've got mm. young kids, you're so busy with the kids. The husband is so busy with work. Uh, it feels like you're running on this hamster wheel. And, uh, and that's an indication of winter's either coming or it's there. But mm. there's this coldness in the relationship. Mm. And uh, I always say to people, I say, do you guys hold hands when you're walking through the shopping center? It's a, for me, it's a great indicator of, of kind of where you are generally in a season. And you'll find you both walk in different directions. and you, you, you The man's ahead of the woman. Oh. <laughs> yeah. like you're dragging the kids behind you. Yeah. And I think winter is where we feel life is a bond. Mm. You know, it's like we're walking through this mud trying to get through life. Mm. And uh, you'll find stress levels are high uh, in winter. And, and if you ask people, they say, I'm really not enjoying life. 
Yeah. And uh, and so what they will do is they'll escape into other avenues, yeah. either into sport or into work, uh, into hobbies. Yeah. Uh, they they begin to escape into those things because the relationship is just not life. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and rather than address that, they escape into these other things. Yeah. And so you, that's where you find this detachment. Yeah. People become detached. And uh, and then it's for to ask the question is you know is do you love the person and in fact when you ask them they say yes I do but man life is difficult the love is still there it's just life is difficult mm. you've helped people maybe identify now that they're maybe in that season or they're at least on the boundaries uh, but how do they move out of that place of winter what you talked about some strategies yeah what we do is we're gonna we're gonna talk about six strategies. Uh, of moving from one season to the other. And so for strategy one, for instance, we, we tell people let's let's deal with past failure. You know, sometimes is that because one of the, one of the husband or the wife or the spouse has um, done something that we see as a failure, we, we tend to hold on to that and always regard them as a failure. Um, what is interesting, failure is an event, not a person. Mm. And so we've got to get over these past failures. There's a forgiveness that takes place. Mm. And, uh, and so that's one of the strategies. Now, all these strategies might not apply exactly to every single person. Sure. And so depending where you are in your relationship will depend what strategy you put in place. Mm. This isn't a six-step process to a happy marriage. Yeah. What we're saying is here six strategies depending where you are mm. in your marriage. Mm. Um, the second one, for instance, is this winning attitude. Is are we in a win-win for each other? I love sport and I love watching sport. And if you speak to athletes, they'll tell you 90% is attitude, 10% is hard work. Yeah. So we know that in sport, but why don't we want to apply that to our marriages? Mm. Uh, is that it, our attitude does determine a whole lot of things in our relationship with one another. What is our attitude to our wife or to our husband? And it, it does. Our, our actions are influenced by our attitudes. And, uh, and our emotions are influenced by our actions. And so there's this connection mm. uh, between our attitude, actions, and emotions. And we want to change that. And we can by getting people to think, to saying, yeah. well, let me, let me make a decision to do something. And, uh, and I think that's what's difficult sometimes when you're in winter yeah. is you lose hope. And so no matter what I do, it won't make a difference. I say, but that's not true. Mm. If you do something, it will make a difference. Yeah. I came across a, a lady who um, had been speaking to me about uh, her marriage. In fact, I remarried them. <laughs> her and her husband got divorced, and uh, a year or two later, they decided to get remarried. And so I wanted her to tell me her story. Yeah. And uh, and so she said, she first of all, she got married for all the wrong reasons. Uh, she loved all the the event, and she found she didn't really love her husband. And so they got divorced. Sure. After two years of being married, they got divorced. And... Um, one day she picked up that 40-day love day. Mm. And her action was, let me read the book because I think I'm the problem. And so she read the book. And after 40 days, she realized that her actions actually contributed to their divorce. Um, their lives were changed. When I remarried them, you should have seen, you should have seen that couple. Yeah. Incredible. She speaks about love that wins. Yeah. Uh, this conquering love. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I tell people, I say, listen, do that 40-day love day. Excellent. But she did it for herself. What she was saying is my actions contributed to the breakdown of a marriage. Mm. She said initially, I asked her, I said, what were, what were you thinking in the beginning when you actually started going through this book? She said, oh, no, no, no. I was doing the book because my husband needed to change. And in fact, she yeah. realized she needed to change. That's always the key, hey? Just acknowledging that actually we come to the table with our own contributors to 
possible breakdowns in relationships. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Andy Stanley talking about doing marriage counseling and, and drawing a pie and asking the couple to claim a slice of the pie mm. that was theirs. And he, he battled to get them to take even the, the thinnest slice because it's always the other person's <laughs> yeah, fault, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have, we don't have marriage problems. We just have people problems. Yeah. And when they come together, yeah. it, it can cause problems. Yeah. So. Taking ownership, I think, is is important. So, what and was that a happy ending? Yes, it was. I mean, they remarried. She's got a great. They have a great marriage today. Uh, they really do. They were an awesome relationship. But what has happened is each of them has taken responsibility. Yeah. Rather than pointing a finger mm. at the husband or the wife, is you point a finger at yourself and say, "If I change, I think it will bring change." Yeah. And it does. I mean, they are walking testing me to own the problem, yeah. and then there will be a solution. Yeah. And then, and then we go on, of course, and from that is we must learn to speak our spouse's love language. Mm. Is what is it that that our spouse really enjoys receiving? Mm. And uh, and there is a great book uh, in the five love languages, yeah. and uh, a lot of people say, "Oh, I read that book. I read that book." I said, "No, no, you've read it, but are you doing anything with it?" Yeah. You know that. See, that's the point. Now, for my wife, it's acts of service. You know, she mm. she loves me doing things for her. And so one of the things is, is in the morning, I'm an early bird, so I get up early. My wife just likes to lie in bed a little bit and just gather her thoughts. But she loves me to make her a cappuccino. I'll take her a cappuccino in the morning. Now, it sounds like a small thing. Like, oh, come on, a little cup of tea or cappuccino. Every morning I'm at home, I'll take her a cappuccino. And the other day she was saying to me, she said, Brad, I really appreciate that mm. you bring me this little cappuccino in the morning. The fact is, we, we need to find out. Yeah. What our spouse enjoys. Mm. And you know what? It's Generally, it's a tiny little thing. Mm. It doesn't take much. Mm. But when we do it, the effect is multiplied. And I think you, you're hitting on a, an important point there in, in that your example isn't an example of winter. It's actually an example of, of summer or spring. Yeah. And yet there's still that intentionality. It's There's still that... Um, action that's required i think maybe we could talk about um that season of summer and it's not a it's not a, a season where we can just sit back and do nothing am i right it's still a season we need to invest into the marriage to, to sustain it quite right graham what, what we what we do in, in a spring and a summer what we're saying is you almost need to build up all this momentum yeah. uh, for one day when that winter does come because what happens sometimes a winter is beyond your control it's a circumstance that might thrust you into winter. So, for instance, a husband or a wife loses their job. Suddenly, there's worry and concern and uncertainty. Mm. It, it can bring that into the marriage relationship. But because you've literally been banking all <laughs> these points yeah. during the summer, it really helps you through. Yeah. And, of course, you're learning yeah. all these skills. I mean, one of them is listening. You know, as for the husband loses his job, is the wife to listen. In time, we develop this listening skill. Let me hear what you're mm. saying. Then I say back, this is what I'm hearing. And uh, and what we do is we, we begin to share life with one another. That helps us out of a winter. And we bank those points in a summer um, is the skill of listening to one another. We call it active listening mm. uh, to, to really listen um, with intention. So the TV is not on, the newspaper is not on the table. We're looking them in the eye, we, we're listening with understanding, we're asking questions, mm. and, and it just builds that, that relationship of, but you actually care what I'm saying. You yeah. care about what I'm saying. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, this marriage relationship um, is, is an incredible relationship because a lot of people say, well, you know, there's this new thing is that we're getting divorced because of irreconcilable differences. There's no such thing. 
There's just people who don't want to reconcile. Yeah. We just don't want to reconcile. And then I say to people, I say, praise God, the two of you are different. Because he has made every single one of us unique. Mm. But the secret is, how do we learn to live together? Mm. That's the secret mm. in a marriage relationship. I would hate my wife to be the same as me. And she would hate to be exactly the opposite. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is that I'm glad my wife is so different to me. Mm. Because together... We enjoy life. She brings things to my life that I don't have. Mm. I bring things to her life that she doesn't have. And uh, and we've learned actually to compromise. We've learned to live with one another's uniqueness, mm. our, our weaknesses and our strengths. And I think sometimes that's where people wrestle. Mm. And uh, and I, I remember a friend of mine telling me, he was saying, I was talking about this, we, we need to live with one another's differences. And, uh, and he was saying, yeah, you're quite right. He said, when my wife packed the dishwasher, it used to freak me out because he, he's a structure guy. So he likes all the things structured correctly so they all get washed properly. Rather than have an argument and try and train her to pack the dishwasher properly, he said, I'll tell you what, you put them on the top and I'll put them inside. And so he found a way to work with his wife's differences. And uh, I mean, my wife, she, she went through a stage where she, her cell phone was permanently off. Because she forgot to charge it. Now I could fight with her and say, don't you understand? I need to get hold of you. I worry about you. We have this big fight while she's not charging. It was very simple. I put a cell phone charger right next to her bed. And at night I'd say, babe, did you plug your phone in? And so it was a really simple <laughs> yeah. way of working with our two unique characteristics. My wife was actually not interested in technology. Charging something did not cross her mind. <laughs> But for me, it was important because I wanted to be able to get hold of her. She is in trouble or she yeah. needed to get hold of me. And so I worked, I just put a cell phone charger next to her bed rather than having this big fight every time mm. I couldn't get hold of her. And so that's the kind of thing I say to people. Mm. Work, life together. Brad, I, I'm just thinking out there, there's somebody listening, thinking I'm prepared to, to apply these strategies. I'm desperate to put the effort in. I'm in this winter season, but I feel like my spouse... Um, isn't going to play the game. Um, what do you say to, to that person who's feeling discouraged because they're, they're willing to, to put the effort in, but the other, the other half isn't playing the game? Yeah, yeah. We actually, we, we talk about this where generally you will find, sometimes you'll, you'll find two people want, want to change and they want things to get better. But at other times, only one of the spouse, other husband or the wife wants to actually make a difference, but the other doesn't. Hmm. And so, and it's a reality that we live with. And, uh, and I am convinced, and we talk about it in our very last strategy is what I do if my husband or my wife doesn't want to cooperate or, or want to partner in this thing. Mm. And I came across this wonderful saying where it says, you can't help someone up the hill without getting closer to the top yourself. Mm. And so what we do is we say, you do what you can do with what you've got and watch what happens because we find that. When someone in the marriage, either the husband or the wife, begins to sow and to invest into the relationship, mm. change does come. Um, I'll go back to that lady that did uh, the 40-day love dare. She went into it wanting to change her husband. She had the change, which in turn changed her husband. Mm. And so that's what I say to people. I say, why don't you do this with you wanting to make change yourself yeah. and watch the change in your spouse? Yeah. And so it is. that's our last strategy is what I do if... My, my spouse doesn't want to mm. to get on the same page as me. Mm. And I say, but there is a strategy and it does work. Yeah. It's that we find that when we want to change um, and that we change our attitudes and our actions is that our spouse does change as well. And mm. eventually they do come around and then you can begin to apply some of those other strategies. Hmm. 
Well, Brad, it's been an absolute privilege having you in the studio again and awesome to chat to you and to hear your heart. And uh, we are really hoping to see marriage impacted in this country and in this continent. Uh, and thank you for partnering with us in that. Yeah, thank you, Graham. And it's been great to be with you guys again. And uh, at marriage shouldn't be one of winter. There shouldn't be this coldness mm. and this detachment. Uh, we, we should enjoy life together. Excellent. You know, Graham, people may say, we've heard these things before and we don't feel we need to listen to more marriage advice. But I think that every time you expose yourself to something like this program or a marriage seminar, you take something away. Absolutely, Alison. I think you're right. And I would say it's because we forget these things. We've heard the great advice before and we think we know it, but it takes constant reminding to make sure that we're still practicing those things that make marriage great. And I really liked Brad's analogy of the seasons of marriage because every married couple can identify with that. And as Brad was saying, when those winter months roll around in our marriage, we feel that horrible chill and life just doesn't bring us much joy. Yeah. But we can't stay there. We have to decide to change our attitude and move towards each other mm. by finding out what we can do to make our marriage better. And I think that's where communication comes in. We have to be able to talk to our spouse to find out how we can do better and to share with them where we're at in the relationship. This is where couples often fall short because they don't really know how to communicate with one another. I agree. And we know that so many marriages are struggling in this area because when we've surveyed couples at marriage events over the years, the number one issue affecting marriages is communication. I hope that today's program will give you a good starting point. Maybe you can have a conversation tonight about what season of marriage you feel you're in. The resource we're recommending today is a book by Tony Evans called Kingdom Marriage, Connecting God's Power with Your Pleasure. Through practical insights and powerful stories, Dr. Tony Evans will inspire and instruct you as a couple to discover the hope, challenge, and guidance that God's Word provides for your journey together. You'll find Kingdom Marriage on our website at safamily.co.za. And while you're on the website, you'll also see the various ways that you can connect with our counseling team. If you are in a winter season in your marriage and you need some help, we're here for you. We have some great caring Christian counselors and there's a range of ways to connect with our counseling team, which you'll see on our website on the counseling page, or you can give us a call on 031-716-3300. I want to thank you for listening in today. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you to tune in next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ.